Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, March 2nd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in to the show. It's been a yo-yo week for gold. The yellow metal hit two-month lows as Fed Chairman Jerome Powell visited Capitol Hill this week. His hawkish tone and speculation that we might get four interest rate hikes this year instead of three boosted the dollar and pushed gold lower. But President Trump unraveled that later in the week as fears of a trade war have tanked the dollar and boosted gold. Currently, gold is trading at 1324, silver is at 1659, and the silver gold ratio stands at 80.02. The dollar index shed 0.4% overnight after Trump announced plans to impose tariffs on imported steel and aluminum. Trump said duties of 25% on steel and 10% on aluminum would be formally announced next week. Trump likes to talk about China undercutting the U.S. market by dumping cheap steel, but the tariff would have far more impact on Canada and Brazil. According to a 2017 report from the U.S. Department of Commerce, 16% of steel imports come from Canada and Brazil contributes 13%. China isn't even in the top 10 exporters of steel to the U.S., and Canada supplies about 56% of U.S. aluminum. Before Trump stole the show, the new Fed chair was the talk of the town. In his first testimony before Congress, Powell talked up the economy, saying his personal outlook has strengthened since December. He also said he sees little risk for a recession. The markets did not like his upbeat tone. Why not? Investors are reading between the lines and seeing rate hikes. The Dow Jones dropped 380 points on Wednesday after plunging 299 points on Tuesday. This is after the Dow gave up 4% in the month of February, its first monthly drop since 2016. Wall Street apparently isn't real keen on having the easy money spigot shut off. There are signals that Powell's optimism is totally unwarranted and that the monetary blanket knitted together with nearly a decade of easy money may be about to unravel. In fact, the deceleration in the growth of the money supply orchestrated by the Fed matches the trend just prior to the 2008 crash. Pace University professor of economics Joseph Salerno said that with equity prices heading back toward historic highs after the January correction and housing prices bubbling to an all-time high in major markets, the suppression of the TMS growth rate, if it is sustained for the rest of the year, pretends another credit crisis and housing bust, followed by an economic recession for the U.S. economy. The qualitative relationship between TMS growth, credit crisis, and recession has been remarkably clear since 1978. Of course, this empirical relationship should not surprise us because it's nothing but an illustration of the Austrian theory of the business cycle. There's a chart we've published over at shiftgold.com news that illustrates this relationship. Now, a lot of this talk involves inflation. One of the reasons that central bankers give for raising interest rates is that we're seeing inflation tick up. And of course, all of this interest rate talk is bearish for gold. We've certainly seen that in the price of gold this week. But don't forget, when it comes to the relationship between rate hikes and gold, it's been a sell-the-rumor-buy-the-fact phenomenon. When the rate hikes actually happen, the price of gold tends to go up. This makes sense. As we've been saying, inflation is good for gold. Now, while we're on the subject, I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about how the mainstream gets this whole inflation thing completely wrong. There was a Reuters article that was published today trying to make the case that gold really isn't a very good hedge against inflation. 
They proved, and I'm using air quotes when I say proved, they proved this by analyzing the price of gold and inflation without the extremes of the 1970s. This analyst said, quote, if you strip out the 1970s, you find the relationship between gold and inflation is quite weak. Now, it seems to me there's something inherently wrong with taking the biggest inflationary years, you know, the years just after Nixon completely took the U.S. off the gold standard, taking that out of the equation and claiming it proves some kind of point. But more fundamentally, these people don't understand the basic definition of inflation. You see, they focus on the symptom, rising prices. In fact, they define inflation as rising consumer prices. But that's like defining a cold as coughing. Coughing is a symptom. It isn't a cold. In fact, you can have a cold with no coughing at all. You might just have a stuffy nose and a headache. But if you're only looking at coughing, you're going to say, well, that guy doesn't have a cold. Just because prices aren't rising, consumer prices, that doesn't mean there's no inflation. You've got to get the definition of inflation right. It's quite simply an increase in the money supply. When the Fed prints money out of thin air, that is inflation. Just like when you have a cold virus, the symptoms can manifest in different ways. The impacts of inflation can look different. There may be consumer price increases, that's true, but there may not be. It could be that various asset prices increase, like the cost of real estate or bonds or the stock market. You see where I'm going here? We have all of these bubbles right now, and people like Paul Krugman are running around saying, see, there's no inflation, just because the price of bread hasn't gone up. As Hal Snarr pointed out in an article on the Mises Wire, economist Ludwig von Mises pointed out that newly printed money is not equally distributed to all the members of society. It gets credited to the bank accounts of government and banks first. It then flows to defense contractors who sell bombs and boats to the Department of Defense. It flows to the investor class who borrow to leverage investment in stocks, real estate, or even Bitcoin. Hence, massive increases in the monetary base inflate stocks, homes, and Bitcoin well before it inflates consumer prices. So yes, Virginia, there is inflation. There's been inflation since 2008. We just haven't seen it in the prices yet. And as I've been saying, inflation is good for gold. Think about it like this. If you have four bars of gold and four dollars, then each bar has a one dollar value. Now let's print four more dollars. Suddenly, each gold bar is going to cost $2. Your $1 bill now buys half as much. It's been devalued. But your gold reflects that change. You can sell your gold in this new economy with the inflated money and get 2 bucks. Now, if you just held on to your cash instead of buying gold when the price was a dollar, you'd still just have $1. You'd have half of your wealth. That's how gold serves as a hedge. It preserves the value. Over the long run, we've seen this work historically. But people just don't seem to get it. I ran across a story today about the University of Texas. It has a, a gold endowment. In fact, gold represents about 3% of the university's total assets, totaling about $43.2 billion. According to this Reuters article, Richard Hall, he's the former head of private equity at Harvard University Endowment and now Atemco's new deputy chief investment officer. He said the university initially invested in gold after the credit crisis because the yellow metal was seen as a hedge against global currency debasement threats. He said those systematic risks are not as prevalent. What? They're not as prevalent? Global currency debasement threats aren't as prevalent? Exactly what world is this guy living in? There are systematic risks as far as the eye can see. He's probably going to sell that gold and buy some stocks. Good luck with that.
Another news, I ran across an interesting article this week showing a strong correlation between U.S. debt and the price of gold. In fact, up until 2008, the two lines run hand in hand. But during the financial crisis, that trend broke. Gold spiked well above the federal debt levels. Then in 2012, it corrected and it dropped to roughly an equal level below the trend line. As Craig Himmick noted in an article published at Seeking Alpha, gold got ahead of itself during the depths of the recession. Then it appears to have overcorrected. He said, quote, simply put, it now appears that the price pendulum has swung just as far downward in 2015 as it had swung upward in 2011, end quote. In other words, gold was overvalued in relation to the debt in 2011, and it was equally undervalued in 2015. So you can kind of see the ramifications there. I published this graph over at shiftgold.com news. You should definitely check that out when you get a chance. Last week, Peter Schiff was on Fox Business, and he said the Fed has kept rates artificially low for years, but given current conditions, it's inevitable that the market will lift rates towards normal. The result, gold is going to go ballistic. So now is a great time to buy before this happens, and Shift Gold has a great opportunity this week. We're offering beautiful wildlife of the Arctic quarter-ounce fractional coins at extremely low premiums. The coins are 99.99% pure gold, minted by the world-renowned Royal Canadian Mint. The supply is extremely limited, and this sale will not last long. So... Pick up the phone today, call 1-888-GOLD-160 and talk to one of our precious metal specialists for more information. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you again next week.